<laughs> no chips, don't let the salad win. That's the message uh, in terms of uh, nature of the food, maybe, that uh, we consume in Wales compared to the Italians. But it's the Italians who will restart. This is the Eat More Chips podcast. Grab your bag of chips, salt, vinegar, perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie, a bit of sauce cork on the side, and let's go. Hello and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast from one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh Football Supporters universe. This week, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat, usually only available in some of the more exclusive adult establishments for an inflated price. But let's not let it spoil our enjoyment, and hopefully it'll hop off. In a week when we celebrate the 60th anniversary of one of the best British sci-fi programmes ever made, Doctor Who, if these two were companions, I'd leave them both on the planet of the turd monsters, running up and down Sewer City, trying to dodge being caught by the floaters. It's Jamie and Daz. Doctor Who, I can't believe you like Doctor Who. You're such a geek. Now, Daz is somewhere in time and space, which isn't a trendy new pub in Cardiff, but he is on the end of the TARDIS telephone. Daz, what planet are you on rather than trading insults with us? I've often been asked which planet am I on, but uh, no, in all truth, regrettably, I cannot be with you today, guys, because uh, sometimes my day job becomes an evening job and a busy week this week, so I've got to uh, earn my crust, haven't I? And uh, uh, yes, unfortunately, so this week I shan't be, uh, quote, dicking about with your silly mates, unquote, uh, in the evening. And uh, instead, I shall be listening uh, as everybody else should be listening when it's released on Friday. Jamie, fortunately, you're here. It's interesting the Burton, the Burton Albion game is still being played on Tuesday, 48 hours from the FA Cup game versus Yeovil Town. We'll talk about the game a bit more later on in the pod but it's quite unusual isn't it for a high profile cup games to be played so close together yeah it's i was quite surprised when they obviously announced um officially announced that that game was going to take place on the tuesday um i i I honestly thought the game would be moved to the wednesday but then i I think i posted on twitter or x or whatever elon's calling it these days um (laughs) that to be fair it 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 may be to me. It's either a case of Parky's being asked the question, and he was always planning to to play, you know, uh, a, a squad squad players in that game anyway. So therefore, is not too concerned about it being only two days after the FA Cup game, or they've put a request in to Burton and Burton and Burton Albion have said no, we want to play it on Tuesday. Um, yeah, either way, it's not great, but you know, look, we'll, we'll put. I'm sure we'll still put a decent team out, and whatever team goes out there, you know. We'll see what happens. Don't be afraid to cry now, even when the world comes crashing in. Don't forget to sing when you win. Well, as the dust has settled on season two of Welcome to Wrexham, this is a good point to look back at what has been a fantastic documentary. Covering the season, we got promoted back to the EFL after 15 years in the wilderness. Jamie, we didn't talk about the last episode because you and Daz hadn't seen it by this point, but what did you make of Up the Town? Yeah, it, it, overall, it was a good episode. Um, you, you know, you, you can't watch, you can't, you couldn't watch it and not think it was great. And I think you said at the time, because you'd watched it while she was supposed to be working, I think. Um, <laughs> and me and, me, and, and me and Daz hadn't seen it. Um, you know, and you, I think you said something about, you know, you'll need the box of tissues and, and stuff. And, and look, you, you're right. It was 
very emotional. It was very, um, you know, it brought back a lot of fuzzy, warm feelings from that day. Um, and it was a great episode, but I, I, I think um, I can't be a little bit disappointed. I just think that that episode or the, the, the contents of that episode and what happened on that day could have probably been stretched over two full-length episodes. Um, I just felt that the, 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 the celebration side of it, so directly after the game, into the evening, uh, the parade, I just think you could have done so much more with that. Uh, I don't think we saw anywhere near as much of that as as um, as, as we could have or, or 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 potentially should have. You know, we saw nothing of nothing of the the players' celebrations in the suite afterwards. You know, there was nothing, not a lot of footage from on the pitch, and we know there was lots of footage from. You know, I mean, the cameras w- would have got a lot of footage themselves, but there was a lot of fan footage which we know they've used in the documentary before. Um, but yeah, that that was my only. That was my only um, uh, sort of uh, uh, negative from it was I just I felt the celebration side of it and then the parade as well. I just didn't think that that got the coverage it necessarily deserved, but it, it was still a great episode and a great end to, 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 to a good series. Can you imagine if they'd have done two episodes and they'd have taken the up to the end of the first episode where Borum would have scored and then left <laughs> yeah. it at that as a cliffhanger yeah. and then started yeah. the second one with the rest of the match, then celebrations post-match. Then, then the, that because that's what I was thinking when I was watching. I was thinking that w- if I was producing it, if I was editing it, that's what I would look at. I would make it an absolute cliffhanger and really kind of string out the day. Follow you know follow particular people. Follow some of the the women's players who obviously would have went to the match because I imagine you know I think Lily Jones was there and and um, obviously Mia Roberts was there. You know, follow these players, follow these people, follow the people that we've been following right throughout the two years, two two seasons of the documentary. Get it to the point where you know lifted the hype, get on the pitch. You know, three minutes in, Boreham would score. End it there. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you, you you're right. I mean, I, I think you, you you've got to caveat a little bit what we're saying. You know, we're not. I don't think we're being critical. It's just kind of an observation because, like 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 we've both said, it it was a fantastic episode. Um, I mean, what you know what you're saying there would have been great. Like you say, all hype, all the build up. And then sixty seconds in, Boreham would score it, and then, like you say, end it there, and then have the next episode. Either that, or for me, I think it would have been, it would have been great to have have um, finished that episode um, either right on the 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 referee blowing his final whistle, or some some somewhere close to that, and then picking up the last episode as the 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 aftermath, the celebrations, the lifting of the trophy featuring you know a bit more of all the players and rob and ryan all on the pitch at the end the crowd you know the 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 pitch invasion the flares and then like i say the the celebrations into the evening for both the players and the fans because you and i you know we went into town after we were there for a few hours after there was loads going on and then certainly the parade again we were both at the parade of forty thousand people at that parade and it was crazy, and and I just like I say, I just felt I was really surprised that there wasn't more coverage given to to that element of the day. To be honest with you, um, but like you know, Christ, it, you, you can't criticize it. You know, look how successful the the series has been. So you can't criticize the people that are putting it together. They obviously know what they're doing. But uh, yeah, that was that's that was my opinion on it. Well, Daz, looking at the series as a whole, and your family who aren't necessarily Wrexham football followers. How was this series received compared to the last? As we've said already, this uh, this season has been very well received in our household. 
uh, I I get the enjoyment of watching it myself as a as a football fan who's got a good idea of uh, of some of the results and what happened as a season and uh, being that sports fan. Whilst I also get to share it with people who are less so, uh, who didn't know the outcome, uh, didn't know uh, what to expect. Uh, but actually, what I think we've really enjoyed, particularly from this series, is that uh, the the characters that you come to love and learn about in the first series get a a bigger platform, I guess. We kind of get to revisit them, um, see them now enjoying a certain amount of newfound fame, which is bizarre when you think of what these people, what the, who they are and what they do and, and, and their significance to the town. And I just think it's a really, really enjoyable love letter to Wrexham, really. Uh, as a as a community, you've you've embraced these two owners, these new investors, um, custodians, as they like to call themselves, which is a really humbling title, which I genuinely approve of. And I think when you've got two custodians who care about legacy, uh, about their own initially, because they don't want to be known as the guys who messed this up, and then they want to be able to hand this on to the next owners, whoever that may be, um, in a, in a, in a better place than in which they found it. Um, I think that's just responsible governance and, and you've got to in, appreciate, um, the care they're taking. Um, you can't fault it, but as a series enjoyed all the episodes, uh, particular, uh, attention to the girls game, which was brilliant because, uh, Rex and women have equally, uh, achieved something very special by gaining the uh, promotion without losing a game so that's really really important to note that and and I what I also liked was was the nod to the two teams that achieved so much uh two teams that in one season both should have gone up automatically uh what a race that was what an achievement to get 100 plus points twice and that 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 can't be overlooked and it's in some way it's 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 amazing and and uh, wonderful for Notts County that it's it's recognised that this significant achievement was documented in so much detail that both clubs get that recognition and the uh, the nod to all the Notts County players the, the the way that they were pushed to the end I think was very respectful because it's a very healthy rivalry you had with Notts which is great and and I love the fact that they. Uh, gave Kedwin a uh, good Welsh name and it uh, Kedwin the uh, Kedwin Scott who took the penalty and had it saved by Ben Foster the fact that he got his moment his moment in the in the spotlight at Wembley uh, was fantastic and uh, and uh, and a shout out to their manager uh, who just seems uh, a genuinely honorable and 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 decent guy so um, all's well in the end and uh, makes for potentially a really exciting uh, season three, uh, which we can't wait for. Can't wait for. We're looking forward to seeing it. So Jamie, looking forward, what, if anything, would you like to see change for series three? Well, I think the interesting thing about series three is they've, they've said, haven't they, that, that isn't it going to be um, start show, being shown from the spring in 2024? So that obviously is going to break the, 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 the cycle that we've seen for the first two series, which have started... Um, have started uh, uh, sort of after so what was it like September time wasn't it September October time so yeah. it's sort of so so we're a good full season behind whereas this series three if it's going to start in the spring 
I think, or what they're obviously, or what, what it would appear they're trying to do this time is what you'll see in the initial episodes will be obviously everything from the start of the, or the pre-season, start of the season, and then through the season up to that point. And then, you know, ultimately it will come to a big crescendo and the finale will be around the time of the end of the season. So uh, that'll be interesting. I, I mean... I, I don't know, um, you know, what what would I like to see? I mean, like we've said on here many times, the documentary is put together um, in a certain way to appeal to a, to a certain audience, and it's not to appeal to you and me as long term, uh, you know, long term Wrexham fans who live and breathe it and 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 know the ins and outs of the club. It's it's designed to 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 to, to appeal to the much broader audience and and certainly like the the, the overseas and the American audiences. Um, what would I like to see more of? It's it's the behind the scenes stuff that I like to see more. You know the the the, the things in the changing rooms, the things in the you know um, uh, training ground. You know uh, just any behind the scenes stuff featuring players, featuring um, personalities and people from within the club that we don't you know we hear about but we don't really see a lot of or get to hear a lot of. Um, you know the community, the people in the community. You know obviously there's been a few people who featured heavily in season who, who featured in season one some of which reappeared in season two and then some others as well you know i think it's great to to to, to see um you know sort of many person many celebrities being made out of of, the, of these local people so much much more much more of that um but like, like i say I, the second series for me started quite slow and was quite difficult not difficult to watch but it wasn't i didn't think it was the best but then it got better and better and better and better so like i say they they know what they're doing i you know they, they've clearly got a recipe for success so I, you know i look forward to watching it the same as i have the first two seasons whatever they do with it cold November day dawned and Wrexham welcomed Morecambe to the Stoke Kairas. Phil Parkinson made three changes from the loss to Accrington Stanley, a conquering goal, Hayden, Tozer and O'Connor as back three, Ford on the right and returning from international duty, James McLean on the left wing. Andy Cannon came into midfield to join Evans and Lee and Ollie Palmer started up front with Mullin. Wrexham fans hoped that following the poor performance the week before, the Dragons would make a statement and they were not disappointed. Wrexham bolted out of the traps and took the game to Morecambe from the off. Morecambe seemed a bit rabbit in the headlights and the Wrexham truck wasn't going to miss. Morecambe stood off Wrexham and gave the players far too much time on the ball, allowing Wrexham to pass the ball with impunity. It took only five minutes for Wrexham to get onto the scoreboard. Mullen received the ball on the left-hand edge of the 18-yard box and popped in a looping cross to the back post. Andy Cannon chased it and put pressure on Morecambe's defender Joel Senior to bundle it into his own net. Wrexham won, Morecambe nil. Andy Cannon wanted to claim it, but he'd have to wait a few days before getting his first career Wrexham goal. Wrexham were now stroking the ball around the pitch, and two minutes later, Evans passed to Cannon. A lovely flick pass to the centre of the box was met by Mullin, who turned it beautifully past a sprawling keeper. Wrexham 2, Morecambe 0. Everything was comfortable, and Wrexham continued to control the game. Morecambe had very little in the way of response, unable to make any meaningful chances. The only blot came on 27 minutes. Anthony Ford went down with an injury and was unable to continue. On came Jacob Mendy, again back from international duty, while Ford joined the ever-growing injury list. This gave some life to Morecambe, with Mayer on 32 minutes forcing a save from a very quiet Okonkwo. 
Mendy, however, didn't take long to get up to speed, and on 35 minutes he certainly made his mark. A ball from Cannon on the right of the box. He drove to the centre with the ball, skipped past two defenders, dumping one of them on the floor, and rifled the ball into the net. Wrexham 3, Morecambe nil. Wrexham almost made it four just before the break. Palmer, battling with defenders near the byline, squares the ball to Cannon six yards out, who blasts the ball over the bar. Second half and Morecambe didn't give in as some teams 3-0 down might, Mella forcing a scrambled save from Okonkwo to keep the clean sheet. It was on the 67th minute that Wrexham increased the lead further. Getting the ball on the edge of the box, Paul Mulling controlled it with his chest, then smashed it into the goal. Wrexham 4, Morecambe nil. 73 minutes, James Jones came on for Cannon, and on 77 minutes, Mullin completed his fifth career Wrexham hat-trick by stroking the ball past an outrushing Morecambe keeper. Wrexham 5, Morecambe nil. He wasn't finished, as he nearly scored from a free kick, only for Smith in goal to keep it out. 81 minutes and Boyle, Dolby and Jordan Davis came on for O'Connor, Lee and Palmer. Wrexham could have just sat back and enjoyed the ride, but on 96 minutes, James Jones, with some superb one-two play, smashed the ball into the top corner with the last kick of the game. Wrexham 6, Morecambe nil. A stunning performance from the Reds, who enjoyed as easy a game as you could possibly imagine. Jamie, we mocked you last week, and I'm sorry about that, I really am, when you said 4-0, and it turns out you're actually being too cautious. Now, I know you weren't at the game, but watching it back, what did you make of it? I was f- furious. <laughs> honest. I was furious. I had, I had my. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much whilst obviously working. Um, I must have spent about fifteen minutes looking for smug gifts that I was ready to post to you and Daz, um, because we were three 0 up at half time, and I thought, I'm on here. I'm on here. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've never been so uh, I've never been so um, so uh, uh, angry, but happy at the same time at, at, at the scoreline. Yeah, it, it was um, I couldn't believe it. You know, obviously I was obviously I was I was working and kept seeing the uh, the notifications ping through that we were scoring. Um, but then yeah, watching it back was, I mean, it was it was I mean, it, first and foremost, it was inc- it was great to watch back. I mean, you know. I think I've said a few times for for um, for for a few weeks now on and off that I I I thought we had a drubbing in us. I thought that somebody was going to get a hide in at some point. Um, and as much as I was confident last week that that we would recover from the Accrington game against Morecambe, you know, Christ, no, nobody could have predicted a six nil win. Um, but but it was that you know blowing the blowing the team away. Um, you know, just goes to show that the, the strength of what what we you know what we can be at home. Um, but the really scary thing for me was when I watched the game back. Was I honestly don't think we got out of third gear in that game. I honestly don't think we got out of third gear. Um, you know, which is frightening because we can go up up through. You know, if we can find th- that rhythm um, and find, you know, f- find those gears when we need to, then there's some exciting things ahead. That's for sure. Um, I mean, I think you have to you have to temper the um, you have to temper the result with the quality opposition. Um, but uh, you know, as I as as I as I always say, you can only beat what's in front of you. Ah, get the t-shirt out! Get the t-shirt out! Um, 
I'm getting tea towels done for Christmas. Um, if <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you, you have to temper temper the result with 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 the comment on Morecambe. Um, they were poor. You know, they they were very poor. Um, now here's a question before you carry on. Now I was trying to work this out. Did we make were Morecambe that poor, or we were just that good? I think for spells of the game, it was a it was a bit of both. I think, in all honesty, I, I straight after the game, I read a few. I was obviously on on uh, uh, Twitter X, whatever it's called. Um, I, I was I was obviously on there as I am a lot of the time for Wrexham content. And straight after the game, obviously lots of praise, lots of positivity, but also quite a few comments about uh, Morecambe and and, and um, you know how poor they were. You know, I saw I saw some comments about um, um, saying that they. Worst side we've seen at the race course for for many a year, including sides from the national league. You know, lots of things like that. So when I watched it back, I was I was really expecting to see um, a, a, literally a, a men versus boys game. But in all honesty, I think there were there were not albeit not for very long periods and not too frequently, but there were spells in that game where Morecambe did have a little you know did have a little bit of the ball. Um, you know, they they never looked like they were going to create a great deal. Um, but you know there was in the middle of the first half they had they had a couple of uh, half chances and and they created uh, you know they had a little bit of the ball so I don't think it was all uh, one way traffic and there's certainly you know Christ they 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 they're not they're not where they are in the league if they if they're a terrible team you know they 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 were eighth I don't know where they're sitting now as we talk in here but obviously when we when we went into that game on Saturday they were sat in eighth which was you know just outside the playoffs you know they're not they're not they're not going to be there. Um, you know they're not going to be there if they they weren't didn't have something about them, but I just think everything everything clicked for us. Um, you know, again, fast start again to the game. You know, prior to the Accrington game, we'd said it, hadn't we, for the few games before that that we that we we we'd broken that trend which we've been saying from for 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 ages that you know we need to come out and start games faster and more aggressively, go go at teams, and we did that again against uh, against Morecambe, and it paid off. You know, early goal again, another early goal. I mean, um, both. Excuse me, <coughs> Christ. Um, both the. Um, I mean, both the first two goals that we scored were, were quite scrappy goals, in all honesty. But I, you know, it doesn't matter uh, how how they go in, I guess. Um, but getting that early goal changes. It, it changes everything. Um, you know, it, it changes the, the whole tempo of the game. And, and to be fair, once we scored not only the first, but obviously the second, quite quite soon after, we absolutely controlled the tempo of that game. Um, and then, the, like I said, there were only small parts, small periods of the game where Morecambe maybe came into it, but never looked hugely threatening. Um, and, but to be fair, you know, when that first half or halfway through that first half, even though we were 2 0 up, Morecambe started to get into the game a little bit. And we needed a bit of a lift, to be fair. Um, and then. Uh, step, you know, up steps Mendy. Um, obviously, he he he'd come on for for Fordy. Unfortunately, you know, another injury. Um, and you, you have to you have to feel for him. Um, you, you know, he, he can't catch a break. You know, he, he just gets himself sort of back fit again, and now he's got another another injury. I've not heard anything to date to sort of um, suggest how bad it is, but it looked it looked hamstringy again. So yeah. He, he, pu- he pulled up quite quick, didn't he, and went down. And you're just thinking, yeah, that's 
that doesn't look good. And you could see he was disappointed as well in his face, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, there's there's another conversation there to have, isn't there, about you know squad and, and everything else. Because obviously that again now, if he's going to be out for a prolonged period of time, obviously with Barney being out as well, that leaves us a bit short. But anyway, on the Morecambe game, obviously Mendy came in, um, and and to be fair, played brilliant when he from when he came on. Uh, you know, even even out of position on that right hand side, played 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 brilliant. Um, and scored a, a fantastic goal. I mean, obviously the third goal of the day, and it was much, oh, stunning, much much better than the first two. I mean, what was really interesting was if you, uh, or the benefit of watching it back again. Obviously, not you know, if, if you're watching that in the stadium, you're thinking, "Worldy," and I'm you know, I'd be jumping up and down like a, like crazy. But the benefit of watching it back and seeing it on the screen is you, you see it a couple of times. You see the replay. And don't get me wrong, brilliant run. Um, you know, he, he he drove at the defense. You know, with 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 authority, with purpose. He, you know, and 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 put them on the back foot, um, and and finished it with a with a great with a great finish. And it was a great goal. Well, they were like training. They were like training day dummies, weren't they? They just stood there and and let him run run past them. And as I say, as I said in my thing, the way he dumped that one guy, where obviously the guy thought he was going to shoot, so he just dives in front of him, and then Mendy just sort of floats past him with the ball. You're kind of going, oh god, that's going to hurt. Well, interestingly, what I thought looking back at it was obviously first and foremost great goal, brilliant goal for us. But I looked at it; I was looking at it from a defensive point of view, and if if that goal was against you, you'd be furious because, like exactly like you've just said, the the, the way you know a little bit what we've seen, you know, some of the goals we've conceded this year, stood off, stood off, stood off, and and you know made it easier for the attacker. Um, but still, you know, he, he still had to, to 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 drive into that area, and he still had to finish it, and he and he finished it well. And you know, pleased to see him get a goal. Um, you know, it, it, it capped off a brilliant week for him, obviously, because he he got his first international cap as well for the Gambia, which is which is great. Hey, I love Gambia. See, I'm getting them all in today. Um, yeah, so fair play to 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 Mendy. Um, and then after that, you know, the 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 last five to ten minutes of that first half. Some of the passing was outstanding. Oh, it was just silky. I mean, silky is not the word. It was just, it was confident, but it was, you know, players were running into the right spaces and the ball was just coming to their feet. There was no, you know, compared to some of the games we've seen already this season, Jamie, where lots of passes are going astray, passed into the wrong areas, players not running on. This was a complete display of exactly where the player is going, supposed to be, the player is going to be and the ball is going to meet them and then it just moves seamlessly. I mean, it was just beautifully, beautiful to watch. That's the key to it. You mentioned the word confidence there and that that's what Saturday, um, that's what Saturday, uh, that's what I saw was, you know, a, a team that's growing in confidence, growing in, in, in stature and, and with confidence, you know, um, you know, Andy Cannon was was brilliant again, but some of the passing, some of the movement, it was it's brilliant to see because it, it it's obviously the 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 opposite to what what we hate, which is that whole long hoof ball, which you know we're seeing less and less of now. We, yes, we still do it when we need to, but we're seeing less and less of it now. Um, and and you know, the, the, like I say, some some of the passing in that in that last part of that first half was just outstanding. And I mean to go in to go in three nil up against anybody is is brilliant isn't it and i think it 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 was then just a case of well well you know as as a manager how how do you what do you say to your players at half time you know i would imagine it's very much a case of you've played phenomenal 
um but you know you can't you you can't um you know you you, you can't let them get an early goal or you know because if you give them a sniff then it potentially they they get back into it um and you know to 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 be fair the the second half did start a little bit slow um but then you know we we ever so slightly and over a, over a period of time we started to turn that screw and and build the momentum up again but again they they offered they were disappointing at the start of that second half because i i expected them to come out all guns blazing you know look you're 3-0 down but you've got a thousand fans there that've traveled to see you go and at least you know have a go um and and they they didn't really and as a result of that you know when we're 3-0 up why would we go out and and overly you know overly press the game um but then you know up he steps um you know mullin um with with his second um keeper their keeper very questionable their mm. their keeper be fair a couple of the goals you have to you'd have to question um the, the goalkeeper uh, positioning and performance or or attempt to stop it um but at the end of the day you, you know um you can only play what's in front of you you can only play what's in front of you yeah you can only play what's in front of you <laughs> Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if you if you watch it back, it, it was a great it was a, a great instinctive shot from from Mullin. Um, but when you look at the positioning of where it, where it went in, in in proportion to where the goalkeeper was, the goalkeeper should be saving that all day long. But you know, look, it, it went in and, and and that was it then. But then not long after, Mullin got his hat trick. And to be fair, you know, it, it was the best of it of the three. Um, and it was a it was a brilliant goal. I mean, it was a brilliant ball from O'Connor, and his first touch, um, his first touch to take out the defender was just out of this world. You know, absolutely left the defender for dead with just that touch, um, and then a great finish. And 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 it was never you know it was never in doubt you know that, that he was going to top up top up his hat trick. Um, and it, it was then yeah you know it was in cruise control we were in absolute cruise, cruise control there I mean I don't know what the atmosphere was like in the ground it's difficult to sometimes get a perspective um, on, on when you watch it back on the TV but um, you know I, I'd hope and think it was it was you know buzzing yeah it was it was it was it was it was just nice everybody was happy it was kind of like a it was kind of like everybody was just a little bit stoned I think and, and was just enjoying the ride and it, you you knew that you know you knew you'd done the job because some of the Morgan fans were starting to fight amongst themselves and you're kind of going oh dear okay yeah you know so yeah it was it wasn't kind of raw you know it wasn't kind of electric from us but it was just kind of yeah enjoying this party it's a lovely ride let's just you know let's just uh, let's just have a good time and then obviously you know number six and Again, this is I found this really interesting because again, reading a lot of people's thoughts and comments on it, but you know, people people um, giving opinions on which was the best goal of the lot. I've I've seen I've seen lots of people mention um, lots of people mention Mullins' third goal as the pick of the bunch. A few people mentioning Mendy's as the pick of the bunch. For me, James Jones's the six for me was the pick of the. I totally agree because the 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 little bit of interchange play between him and Dolby. Um, on the edge of the box, and the finish was just out of this world. It was, it was, you know, if you if you are a football fan, if you enjoy the game of football, whoever you support, whatever level you support, whatever level you watch, you know, to see a goal being scored like that, you know, touch, 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 bang, 
it was just a brilliant, brilliant goal. And 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 his little celebration, you know, kind of Jude Bellingham style, just putting his arms out as if to say, <laughs> "I do, I, I do this every day," kind of thing. Um, but it, it it was a it was a it was a brilliant goal to finish, uh, a phenomenal performance, um, you know, and and a brilliant win. Like I said before, I think you you do have to caveat it a little bit with with saying Morecambe weren't a great side, but you know, like I said, like we've said, you can only be what's in front of you. Um, and and like I say, I think it it really it really scary prospect. But I like I say, I genuinely don't think we got out of third gear in that game. I think we've got so much more to potentially. Um, if you think about the quality of some, you know, the quality of some of the players that we've got, and you think we're not far off the January transfer window, and if we potentially add a couple more quality additions to it, the the, the potential for this this squad is is frightening. Um, the other things I made a note of was the referee. Um, it you know completely overlooked because of the of the result and the performance. But I tell you what, on another day we'd have been fuming with that referee. Mm. Um, you know he made some terrible decisions throughout Awful, the game. Yeah. I mean, but he, what what was most laughable was um, well, there were three things. One, well, t- two cases where he booked uh, he booked two of their players for time wasting when they were two 0 and three 0 down, which. <laughs> It's just ridiculous, <laughs> and then the other one, which which, even though I think at the time I think we were three or four on the up, but I was fuming. We 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 broke. We we had a break on, and he stopped the play to go and book the Morecambe manager. And I'm thinking, I'm watching it, thinking, look, if he's called you something or said something out of turn, and he needs booking for it, happy days. But let the game. That let the attack play out and then go back and do it when the the, the ball's out of play. Not stop what you can see is a blatantly, uh, a blatantly obvious attack. Yeah, the the, the, the everybody in the ground uh, completely agreed with you. They were they were up in arms. But he was he was having one of those things. He made Rexon take a free kick four times because he said three times the ball was travelling. I mean, just come on. Did, did, despite the fact that it's irrelevant because of the performance, I'm mentioning it because obviously we do mention the referee's performance, and I think. What's really interesting is at the start of this season, I think we talked about referees and we said, oh, you know, one of the other things about going up to League Two is hopefully we'll see an, uh, a, a better, better performances from the referees. But I tell you what, I, overall, I don't think they're much better if I'm if I'm being br- brutally honest. And I know it, and, and we have said, uh, I, th- I would say they're probably. I think they they are a, they are a be- they are better quality. I think they I think they their judgment is better. I think you have the odd one or two which are awful but compared to the uh, times in the national league i remember more refs in the national league being very very poor and only a only a handful being actually decent referees whereas this in the in league two it's the other way around a large amount of referees i think are actually quite are actually quite good like we've said a million times it's it's such a horrible job awful. it's a thankless thankless tack awful but, but, but the bottom line is is that you know um you know, there's a lot of big decisions that are going, being called wrong, and 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 I don't, you know, I haven't got the answer or whatever it is, but I, I know we've talked about referees a few times, so I, I just thought I'd, I'd made a note of it. Um, and then the only, and then the last thing I wanted to just sort of say on that game was just to call out um, a couple of uh, individual performances. I mean, at the end of the day, from from uh, top to bottom, every player deserved all the credit in the world on Saturday. Because it was a phenomenal team performance, everybody played played well. But there were a few standouts for me. Uh, Tozer, in particular, like we've said a couple of times, you know, um, he, he did have a bit of a rough rough 
patch uh, a couple of months ago. Um, but but you've 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 got to be uh, positive to him, and you've got to be um, you know you've got to be prepared to, to to say when you know when when he's changed and turned things around. And I think you know since he came in unexpectedly in that Notts County game, he's been he's been overall brilliant. You know, yes, he's made the odd mistake, but every player makes mistakes. Um, but he, he's been he's been outstanding, and he was he was great again on on uh, on, on Saturday. Um, Andy Cannon, <clears throat> again, he was he he is you know we're now starting to see the player that I think we all hoped we were getting. Um, you know he was uh, absolutely phenomenal on on uh, on on Saturday again. You know Mendy, I mentioned him briefly um, before. He played him brilliantly when he came on. Um, you know, he was really starting to, to to grow in stature and in confidence. Um, d- you know, despite the fact that again he he's come under some criticism in 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 weeks gone by. Um, George Evans for me was um, George Evans for me was um, uh, absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I, I when he first joined. And every ever since he, you know, when when he when he first joined and then he started playing for us, I think it was a, I, I I heard and read a few things from a few people. They weren't sure about him, you know, a little bit uh, didn't didn't really take to him or whatever. And and for me, from the off, every time I watch him, I watch him play. He he's being brilliant and just getting better and better and better. And we have got a fantastic player on our hands there. And if we can keep him fit. He makes such a difference. And one of the reasons that I th- why I think Andy Cannon's been playing a lot better is since George Evans has been in the team because he's now taken over that defensive midfield position, which is allowing Andy Cannon to move further forward, which is where he's better. But I just thought Evans again, his 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 reading of the game, the way he gets across the pitch, his decision making, his passing are all absolutely outstanding. And 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 he is he is definitely a you know, a, a higher quality player than League Two, and you and it's showing. Um, absolutely brilliant. And the last one um, that I wanted to mention is the main man uh, up front, Paul Mullen. You know, I, I'm I I like everybody else are probably running out of um, superlatives. I was going to say how how many more pl- plaudits can we give this guy? Eighty eight goals, twelfth highest goal scorer in Wrexham history, but has done it in half the games of Dixie McNeil is also at twelfth. Five hat tricks. Only Andy Morell, Gary Bennett, and Tony, Tommy Bamford have more hand tricks for Wrexham. He's fourteenth in the League Two goal scorers list after missing six the first six weeks of the season. And that's all the that's all the football inside of it. Obviously, we we, we know about his is you know what he's like as a personality. And obviously, I've just started uh, listening to the audiobook of his book, and and, and already you know you, you just there's 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 nothing not to like about him, but. The, what I wanted to just mention about him more than anything else was, um, if anyone, if if you know, I don't think anyone else, I don't think anyone in the Wrexham circle, you know, a fan or whatever, I don't think anyone's ever doubted what he's ever said about the reason he took the Wrexham move it was nothing to do with money, nothing to do with anything other than the fact that it was logistically it worked for him to give him the opportunity to spend more time with his family. You know, and, and and all the cynics have always said, "Nah, it's a load of crap. It's all about always being about the money." Da, 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 da. Um, but if 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 you were ever in any doubt about Paul Mullen and his commitment and his desire and his attitude, watch the last ten minutes of that game on Saturday, because even six nil up, 
He had a hat trick in the bag. You watch how he was pressing, how he was harrying, how he was encouraging his teammates to continue to push forward. You know, he wanted to carry on. He wanted to go for more. He wanted to keep going. Um, and 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 I just like I say, I, I I've run out of words to, to describe him. He, he's already a Wrexham legend, isn't he? You know how 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 high up the legendary status he can get. It's in his palm of his hand, really. It's tipped up to him, isn't it? How long, you know, how long, you know, how how long can he stay with us and keep keep doing what he's doing? But even if he even if he didn't play another game for us, he'll he'll go down in history as as a great. Um, and and I just they they like I say there were just a, a, a ten, last ten minutes of that game there were a few things I was watching that I was just like look at him just look at him look at the way he's pressing and harrying and driving his team on it's absolutely brilliant I mean the guy is just just phenomenal but yeah brilliant win brilliant result um and and we were all buzzing and excited for the next game and then look what happened. Well, Daz, Jamie's just talked about him, and we talked about him last week. Many plaudits have been said on George Evans. Now, he commanded the midfield for this game. I mean, do you think his pivot midfield role is now a key piece of the Wrexham jigsaw puzzle? George Evans had to wait for his time, though, didn't he? Uh, having been brought in in September, you kind of thought, uh, where's his place? You know, who's, whose place is he going to take? You had club captain, uh, Luke Young, and and Elliot Lee and all these great sort of uh, sort of Wrexham regulars that he had to potentially try and push his way into. Um, but since that sort of humbling defeat to Stockport, which um, was probably the last game that, that Wrexham played without George and the team, apart from the odd cup game, I guess, or, or an injury. But uh, whenever, since since that result, I think George has probably played every game he's been fit for. And I do, I do think that's that's no coincidence then that the turn of results then have, have actually aligned with that that decision. I think, you know, your your run of, of, of games without defeat or certainly um, and, until recently was, was incredible. And I think... Your your strength in the middle of the of the midfield has highlighted that really, and I think George is very much a part of that. And I think having a player who's who's um, versatile in the sense that can drop into other defensive roles as well, uh, right across the back, uh, makes him that utility player as well. That should you need to shake up something, if you need. Uh, whether it's through, uh, you know, um, cards or suspensions or or injury in mid mid game, you can then shuffle the pack. It's just having a very very versatile player. I mean, anybody like you know, what, what is he sort of twenty eight or something? Um, so he's not young. He's got experience, and that experience is a, a good level. You know, obviously coming from Millwall, having played at Derby as well, so some good championship um, experience. Uh, this this division should be, you know, comfortable for him. Um, but as we've explained, you know, we've said this on many uh, a pod recently, haven't we? That this this is no easy league. None of the leagues are, are, are easy, and and it's not a given. But he has definitely shored up things in the middle, and uh, and yeah, yeah, I think credit goes to him. Um, when when he plays well, uh, Wrexham play well. Well, following on from the feast. Wrexham travelled to the cold north on the Environment Stadium to take on Harrogate Town. Parkey made one change from the Morecambe game. With the injury to Anthony Ford, Jacob Mendy started on the right wing. Wrexham started well with a tougher opponent than Saturday. Harrogate pressed well and gave little time for Wrexham players on the ball. 
Both Elliot Lee and Ollie Palmer in the opening stages of the match made chances, with James McLean being particularly busy on the left wing. But although Wrexham had much of the ball, they couldn't seem to find a way past the stubborn Harrogate defence. On seven minutes of Wrexham free kick, Paul Mullin forced a save from the Harrogate keeper. The ball was palmed out to Cannon, who hit the ball, but again Mitchell in goal stopped the shot. Wrexham continued to push with a midfield dominance that was running the game. 32 minutes and Hayden headed into the bottom corner, but Mitchell again produced another solid save to keep the scores level. Wrexham eventually breached the Harrogate wall on 36 minutes. Palmer and Mullin harried the defence, giving Andy Cannon enough room to hit a shot to the right post and beat the keeper. Harrogate Town nil, Wrexham 1. Andy's first goal for Wrexham. 41 minutes, a flick from Mullin to the left post, and Lee ran on to tap the ball in. Harrogate nil, Wrexham 2. Wrexham now looked in total control, and we could just sit back and enjoy the rest of the win, right? Wrong. Inexplicably from here, things went downhill. Just before half-time, a poor defensive display by Wrexham let Harrogate move the ball on the edge of the box, eventually Dean Cornelius hitting the ball past the very static Aquanquo. Harrogate 1, Wrexham 2. This was a real sucker punch from a half dominated by the Reds. George Evans almost scored an absolute worldie from 30 yards out, hitting the sweetest of strikes to prang the crossbar and rebound out. However, following a clash with O'Connor and a Harrogate player, Oconquo took a nasty smash to the jaw, and on half-time, he was subbed for Mark Howard in goal, Mark Howard's first appearance since September. Unfortunately, it wasn't long before Howard was picking the ball up out of the back of the net. Two minutes after the restart, poor defending again from a free kick gave Morecambe's O'Connor the perfect header past a diving Howard. Harrogate 2, Wrexham 2. Nothing Howard could do, but you had to feel Wrexham's defence should have covered the incoming free kick better. It was now Harrogate in the ascendancy, with Wrexham unable to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. They had more of the ball and looked more threatening. 69 minutes, and James Jones and Sam Dolby came on for Cannon and Palmer, but Wrexham now were looking really tired, particularly McLean, Mendy and Lee. Although Mullen had a few chances, they were speculative at best. The game now lapsed like two boxers at the end of a bout, slugging away with tired punches, but no killer blows to put the other fighter on the canvas. 85 minutes and Davis came on for Lee, but Parkey decided not to flood the front line and change formation as he has done in the past. The game petered out for a 2-2 draw, with many Wrexham fans feeling like it was two points dropped. However, we must look on the positive side. Wrexham do end the week second in League 2 with 37 points, equal with Barrow on points and goal difference, five points behind Stockport at the top, and seven points safely inside the playoff zone. Jamie, chalk and cheese compared to Saturday. What on earth did you make of this game? Uh, it was just it, it was just a real um it was surprise it was a surprising result, wasn't it? Um I mean when we weren't tunnel up uh, I'm thinking happy days, you know, it's going to be six points from, from these two games and, and, and everything's rosy. Um, you know, I, I think before we, we, we sort of break down anything to do with the game or comment about anything about the specifics of the game, I think you, you, we've, we've got to, we've got to um, you know, call, call out the fact that we shouldn't be uh, getting worried or, or concerned, you know, it's another draw. It's it's you know it it is a hundred percent. It was two points dropped. You know that that was my comment at the end of it. Was it was two points dropped? You know, will those two points be significant when it comes to the end of the season? Who knows? Um, but you know, like you just said, 
if you kind of skip forward a little bit before before we cover the, the detail, you know, we we're second in the table after twenty games. If you'd have given me that at the start of the season, oh, yeah. hand off, I'd have snapped your hand off. Absolutely. And, and yes, we've we've had a little bit of luck in that both Saturday and Tuesday teams around us drop points as well. I mean, Saturday, you know, going just going back to Saturday couldn't have been any better. From you know, not only did we win six at home, but Stockport lost. Mansfield lost, Notts County lost. And then on Tuesday night, okay, we've dropped points and we've got a draw, but so did Mansfield and Stockport. Obviously, Count Notts County won. So we, we've obviously get away, we haven't got away with it, but we, we just, it's important that we, that we, that we keep saying, I know we keep saying, you know, it's not the end of the world and all this jazz. And it's not being, you know, it's not trying to brush under the carpet. Um, a less than than decent performance, you know, but but you have to you have to you have to um, be be prepared for for this to happen through 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 the course of a season, particularly through the course of a league season. We're going to drop points, we're going to lose games, and we're going to draw games, you know. But what it seems to be the case is we're going to win more games than we do than we draw and we lose. The game itself, um, it, it was a it was a really interesting one. Um, you know the first uh the first 15 minutes um just just hold the line listeners um a second i just need to go and uh, kick my cat cuz he scratched my door <laughs> one second <laughs> sod off <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> uh, sorry about that um uh, the cat's fine no no cats were harmed in the making of this podcast um <laughs> Um, yeah, the the game itself was, I mean, again, confident, you know, it was a, I would say, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a fast start, but it was a confident start, which, which was good because away from home, it was important that we tried to stamp some authority on it. Um, you know, I was hoping that we would see that fast start again, you know, uh, Harrogate low down in the league, um, you know, not, not exactly a prolific goal scoring team. We just come on the back of a, of a six nil, fantastic six nil home win. I, I thought, I expected, and I hoped to see that fast start again. It wasn't so much a fast start, but it was it was a confident, it was controlled, and, and a relatively positive start in that first fifteen minutes. Then it dropped a little bit. I thought the atmosphere again. It's difficult to get a, a read when you watch it over over um, on the screen, but but it felt it it was a very straight. I mean, it's only a small stadium, isn't it? From what I think, it was only it's only like three three and a bit thousand, three and a half thousand. I think yeah, three thousand seven hundred something. Like that. Yeah, it's not it's not a huge um it's not a huge stadium anyway, but I I I really expected it to be quite a hostile, you know, hostile environment, hostile crowd and, and, and it didn't really seem to be that. In fact it you know, between the the um the the, the ground and the stadium and the, and the fans and then the actual football on the pitch, that second sort of second fifteen minutes of the first half was a bit flat. There was no real tempo to the game. You know, we lost a. You know, we lost that impetus that we showed in 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 the in the first fifteen minutes, and it, it was just a bit of a nothing game, really. Um, but then then Cannon pops up with with uh, with with a goal with his first goal because there's no way on God's green earth he's claiming the one from Saturday. As much as he said he was going to try and claim it, uh, there was no chance he was claiming that one. Uh, but this one was was. Um, was was definitely his goal. Uh, poor from Harrogate, you know. It was it was a poor uh, poor bit poor bit of a defending by by them. Um, but you know, uh, it was a good good finish, good precision finish. You know, it wasn't exactly um, 
you know, it wasn't necessarily a powerful shot or whatever, but it was well placed and, and, and it was a good goal. And, and to go 1 0 up, I'm thinking, happy days, you know, we got that goal. I wasn't looking for a, you know, I wasn't looking for us to go and drub drub them and, and, and win, you know, 4 or 5 0. But just getting that goal, you know, you think it takes, takes a little bit of the pressure off. And they didn't look like they had much to really threaten us at that point. Um, and then you know Lee Lee gets his goal, another quite scrappy goal, uh, more poor defending from Harrogate. Um, although it was a brilliant bit of skill from Mullin to, to to create the chance for for Lee to tap it in, and and then we're two 0 up. And what 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 was really interesting was, and and when when that second goal went in and the the camera was following the players as they were celebrating and they were like high fiving and giving each other hugs and stuff, and it was really interesting because I. I saw, uh, I don't even know who it was. It might have been Elliot Lee and, and uh, James McLean. And, and, you know, they were having a laugh and a joke and a smile about just scoring that goal. And it, I watched it and there was something about it. And I thought to myself, that almost looks like as if they think the game's won. And and, and I don't think they believe the game was won. But I just, I just thought, I hope, you know, I hope they don't sort of rest on their laurels, as it were. Um but you know, as it was, we were two 0 up, and I and, and and me, like everyone else watching, was thinking, you know, this is this is three points in the bag. I mean, do you think, Jamie, that because obviously a Concord had that smash to the head, and there would have been a fair amount of stoppage for getting him treated. He went down twice, so there was two sets of treatment uh, with regards to that, which really broke up the the rhythm of the first half, and then the goal itself. Conco didn't move. He you watch him, he stays completely still. Doesn't dive for it, doesn't move in the way. I mean, so obviously he must have been in a lot of pain for the fact that he didn't didn't go didn't I mean, do you think that was a kind of a catalyst why things suddenly turned? I mean, don't get me wrong, the defensive side was poor. Absolutely. When you watch it, they were just standing off the players right on the edge of the eighteen yard box, letting them just sweep it around without really putting a foot in or getting physical. And gave them way too much space, and they just hit the ball. But do you think a conquo, that break up in the rhythm, and then a conquo, obviously not wanting to dive, that made the difference? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure whether the conquo incident uh, had had any real impact on uh, on us conceding that first goal um, as such directly. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll never know. I mean, I mean, on on, on uh, Arthur, the Arthur situation. I mean. It is a bit of a concern. I mean, obviously, it's, it's Thursday now we're recording this, so and, and there's not really been anything said as there now. I really, really hope that it's it's it is just a knock, and he was just a bit dazed, and he and he's and he's been taken off as a precaution rather than it being a bloody uh, fracture or something like that. Well, let's look at the bad bit. If it's if it's concussion, everybody was saying ten days. It's actually twenty eight under the new FA rules. He'd actually missed twenty eight. It's ten days to show symptoms. I've looked this up. 10 days to show symptoms. So basically, they watch him for 10 days to see if he shows any of the symptoms of concussion. If he then displays any of the symptoms at all at any length, he is then off them for another 14 days to make 28 days in total. So you could lose him for a month. I, uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting bit of information. I, I, I'm not really too fearful about concussion. I don't think concuss concussion was the issue. Uh, I think it was obviously, it was a whack on the jaw, wasn't it? Now, for me, it, it's a question of was it just a whack and he was then just feeling a little bit tender afterwards around the jaw area because obviously one of the stoppages that you mentioned that he, he was taking some painkillers by the look of it, um, or like I say, worst case scenario is 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 a fracture. 
obviously if it's a fracture then it's going to be more than than a month um i, I just hope for some good news you know I'm, I'm i'm working on the basis that no news is is good news and and let's hope that when we come round to Yeovil on sunday he's on the team sheet well you say that but do you think he was going to be on anyway i mean what's to say that howard wouldn't have gone in the fa cup and then we'd have had liam in for the burton albion because liam's been playing all the burton albion matches anyway so you could have how he could have you could have said you know what fa cup game Yeovil town two divisions below us Let's put Howard in goal, get him back in goal, get him 90 minutes, and let's put Liam in for Tuesday, which automatically then would give him, you know, 10 days clearance anyway before the next league game. If if there was... Um, um, I, I I would have... Exp- if, if there was... If he wouldn't have got any any knock and he would have just got throughout that game, no problem. I, I would have expected to see him play against Yeovil. I would expect a, a, a pretty strong, you know, first-team type, uh, selection against Yeovil, because ultimately, um, you know, we we've obviously not got a league game this weekend because of the FA Cup game. I know we've got the Burton game two days after, and then we've, it's another week until the league game. So I would I would expect, and particularly after what happened in last year's FA Cup, the fact that this is the second round, you win this, you're into that lucrative third round. I would be, f- I, I'm fully convinced that Sunday's team will be as close to full strength as you can get. So. With that in mind, yes, I I would have thought a conquer would, would would play the FA Cup game. Um, now we'll see, won't we? Obviously, I you know like like you say, maybe after he's now had that knock, even if it isn't serious, they might say, they might think for the overall game right, we'll just give him a week's rest and we'll play like you say McNicholas or, or or Howard or whatever. Um, but it would be good to to get an update on on Oconco because I think we're all probably a little bit concerned because he's had such a positive impact. The thought of us being without him for any period of time is 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 would be really disappointing. Um, but going back to the Harrogate game, I I I don't necessarily think that, that had a huge impact on their goal. I think that the 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 their first goal really was more down to poor defending on our part. We saw a flash of some of the the, the downsides to to, to our negative side of, of, of our play this year it, it, you know yeah, uh, you have to say it was a bit of a mistake by Mendy he shouldn't have let that ball bounce um, but then once he let the ball bounce obviously the attacker was able to get hold of the ball it then highlighted that problem that we've seen earlier in the season where the midfielders didn't tra- the midfielders just weren't tracking their runners um, and, and you know their attacker at all time in the world to pick his spot Um and, and and obviously get that goal and it was for them it was a crucial time to get that goal um, you know I think if we'd have if we'd have uh, kept them out until half time. Um, I think you know we'd. Um, I don't think we'd a lot. You know, I don't think we'd have we'd have conceded. Uh, and we would. I you know we'd have gone on to win, no no doubt. Um, there there was a there was an incident towards the end of that first half where um, I think Harrogate were a little bit lucky not to have a player sent off. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing this. And yep. to be fair, yeah, it was the it, goal scorer. Was it the goal scorer? Was yeah. it? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I have to. I mean, I, I made a, a comment or, or a note about the fact that I think, in, in, to be fair to the referee, the angle he had of it wasn't great. So, looking at it from his perspective and giving him the benefit of the doubt, I can understand why he only booked him. But the benefit of the replay from a different angle that we got, it was probably a red card. Um, you know, it, it probably should have been a red card, but yeah, it was Dean, Con- Dean Cornelius, and he'd, he'd already take he'd already taken a nip out of O'Connor once anyway. Um, so yeah, and I agree, I completely agree. I think if you look at him, 
whether it's intentional or not, there's a definite stamp there. Uh, and O'Connor was lucky not to get away with, uh, you know, a serious injury. Um, and then at the end of that first half, uh, like you mentioned in your little intro, um, George Evans' strike, I mean... Oh, I so how? wanted that to go in because that would... Oh. No, without a shadow of a doubt, that would have been goal of the season. He just made it look so effortless and just swept it. And it was just the perfect strike from somebody who is ostensibly a defensive midfielder. I mean, it was just beautiful. The the, the technique was absolutely perfect. The half volley technique was perfect and just highlights the technical ability of of, of the player. Um but but the distance, the power, the speed I I watched it back several times and I'm just thinking if I keep watching it, it's going to go in. Because, <laughs> like you say, if that goes in, that's goal of the season. It was just absolutely trem- a tremendous effort and, and so, so close and so unlucky not to go in. Because, um, again, you know, like like I said before, if if, if, they, if we don't concede uh, and they don't get that goal, we go on and win that game comfortably. Likewise, if I think, I think if we'd have got that third goal at the end of that first half, we would have gone on and, and won the game. Um, but I think yeah, by 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 giving them, um, by giving them uh, the goal towards the end of the first half and and a little bit of hope, obviously, we've lost our goalkeeper, so I'm, I'm no doubt that would have been part of the their manager's team talk. They came out in the second half and there was a little bit of a formation change for them as well. They went with two two up top, which which obviously um, I don't know whether that that caught us out a little bit. Um, you know, but it was a it was a from our point of view, it was a terrible start to that second half. Obviously, with the Conco going off injured, um, and then then uh, you know t- two two minutes in, it was only two minutes into the half to give away a silly free kick. Um, but handball but it, by it, Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was just a simple ball into the box, um, and and to see their attacker just getting in between the two defenders for for, for an easy header, it, it was again, it was defensively, it was a it was a poor goal, um, but then. Again, like like you said, then that second half, then it just, um, you know, it it gave them that second goal, gave them, um, you know, gave them the impetus and gave them the 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 uh, the, the hope, you know, that they they were, I think, two nil down and they were they were done, they were beaten, um, and I think it was more more a case of poor play on our part, let them back into the game, and then that's you know they they fed off that, um, and I think. To, to be fair, after they got that equaliser, you know their their tails were up. Uh, the crowd, crept, crept, you know, crept up a little bit, um, and we couldn't really rise to the occasion. Um, and I think overall the balance of the game, I think you have to be fair. You you have to try and be impartial. I know obviously we're going to always favour Wrexham, but you have to try and be fair. You have to try and be balanced. And I think over the course of the ninety minutes, a draw was probably a fair result. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. So I think you know, hundred percent. After going two 0 up, two points dropped. Disappointing to, to to drop points, but at the end of the day, it's it's uh, another game away from home. We've come away with a point. We're still sat in second. There's so much po- po- positive, so much to be positive about. You know, I think what what we do need to try and work out is this is is, is to try and try and um, you know bleed some of our home performances and some of our home form in, in into our away game you know our away our away form a little bit i mean you know i don't know about you but i i'm back in the mindset now like i was last year in the national league when we play at home i'm very much i go into every game no matter who it's against thinking 
we're not going to lose this. No, nope. we're not going to lose today at right. home. Yep. Yep. But yet away from home, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking again, no matter who the opposition is, whether it's somebody at the top end or the bottom end, I'm I'm looking at the game and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know what we're going to get here today. And and that's that inconsistency away from home. If we can, if we can, if we can, if we can solve that puzzle, we we we'll be formidable. Um, and and you know that's that's what we've got to try and work on. I think. Well, I, I, I'm going to see. It, I'm going to get to see it firsthand. You're going to get to see it firsthand as well, because I've managed to get. I'm now. I've got. I'm going to the FA Cup match on Sunday. I've got tickets for Forest Green away. We've both got tickets for Swindon away. I've got a ticket for Warsaw away in between Christmas and New Year. So I'm going to get to see Wrexham away three times in this month now, and um, it's going to be interesting to see what what Wrexham turns up. As you rightly say, Wrexham at the Kairas. Not a problem. You'll take anybody on, and it's becoming now a real fortress, which is a, a good bedrock to be able to push on for promotion. But it's those away games that I think we're going to need to really start to to step up a bit more. And 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 the the problems seem to always be that you know when you look at Accrington, you know we wouldn't we and this is what this is what disappointed me most about Tuesday, Accrington and Stockport, where we lost two 0 and five 0 We were never in any of those games at any point. You know, we were always, we, you know, we just had nothing at the front, very little at the back. They had the, their game plan and they played it to perfection, dominated us, totally deserved the game. Tuesday, I felt more we threw it away. We we let it go rather than try to wrestle it out of our opponent's hands. And that's the performances that we need to nip in the bud, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like exactly like like you've just said, and and, and I've just said, we've got to try and we've got to try and get some consistency and some some of that home form into our away games. I mean, you, you mentioned there all the all the all the games that you're going to in the next few weeks. I mean, um, I, I don't know, I don't know how, what what you've had to uh, I don't know what you've had to bribe the misses with uh, to get to get passes for all them. But uh, hats off to you. Um, but for the for for the um for the Swindon game on Boxing Day. Right. I, I I unfortunately don't get to get to go to many away games uh for, 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 for work commitments and family commitments and everything else. Uh, but I am buzzing my tits off that I'm going on Boxing Day to Swindon. I am so excited. But I had a real uh I had a real uh slap in the face moment earlier today actually when I was thinking about the game. And I was thinking about when was the last game away game I went to? Uh, and and uh, I was trying to think back to to like years ago, and I was like, oh, "What was the last game away?" And then I thought, oh, "I know what the last game away game I went to was. It was Wembley." Wembley, yeah. And then and then the the uh, the, 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 the 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 fictitious slap happened. Of I remember how excited I was for that game, and I remember how <laughs> it was. Um, so I'm hoping for something a little bit more positive on on Boxing Day, but we'll uh, we'll review that as we get closer to it. Yes, it's fast approaching that time where we string up a bit of manky tinsel and hope the guy in the red suit at the shopping mall isn't so drunk that he'll drop your child on its head as they're telling him what incredibly expensive latest thing they want for Christmas, only to be disappointed on Christmas Day when they get a knockoff version Y box or a PlayStation 5 spelt P L E Y S T A T I O N. 
Here on the pod, we're giving away a copy of Out of the Frying Pan, Into the Flicks. We live our promotion season through the film posters of All Gone Hollywood and the words of Chips for a Quid. The perfect present to help you get away from the relatives bickering by burying yourself in a season of happy memories. And how do I try and get my hands on the present that keeps on giving, I hear you ask? Well, I'll let a man who once shook the hand of Prince Charles to tell you all about it. If you want to get your hands on this fantastic prize, ready for Nadolid, all you have to do is retweet our competition tweet on X and tag in a friend. That's it. We'll then draw a random tweet and send that person a book. Couldn't be simpler. Mind you, I'm not surprised. That Welsh Techie is a genius. Clever, incredibly funny, and someone who I put on a... What's that say, Si? Oh, a, a pedestal. Every day, I consider my life fuller knowing I'm sometimes in his presence. Not like his brother Jamie. He's a right tool. You can see who got the looks and the brains in that family. Anyway, look out for the tweet. You have until Wednesday, the 6th of December, and poor look. Wow, thanks, Daz. Never realised you thought so much of me, but that's a bit personal. This is absolutely tragic. This is a bit personal on you, isn't it, Jim? For Daz to say that? That's terrible. What? What is this production bullshit? <laughs> you've, got, you've got the Seven Dwarfs version of this song, and then you've got... You've obviously slipped Daz 50 quid or four Guinnesses or something that, to read out a load of crap. Oh, my God. Well, as Daz said... Just retweet our competition tweet and tag a friend. That's all you need to do, and you have until Wednesday, 6th of December, to do it. So, on behalf of the Eat More Chips podcast, Merry Christmas! <laughs> Come on, it's Fried potatoes and strange things in batter are on the menu. Yes, it's chip shop time. A busy night ahead and Jamie is on his own, so we'd better crack on. First in the fryer, it's the Iceland women's national team. Cymru women are meeting Iceland for the second time in this competition. Following on from the 1-0 win over Cymru, Iceland have lost 4-0 in Germany, 1-0 at home to Denmark and 2-0 at home to Germany in the second tie. They currently sit third in League A, Group 3 of the Nations League, three points ahead of Cymru. And the chips are done. Daz, very similar to Cymru men, this game has real jeopardy before the tough game a few days later. Can Cymru lift their game and get a result from what has been a disappointing set of results? Disappointing, yeah, I think that's the word that... Uh... That sits with us at the moment, really, with with the Welsh game. There's just been quite a few unfortunate results that haven't quite uh, haven't lived up to the expectation, or I, I, more importantly, the potential within these teams. I think for the women's game, uh, we've we've been on a, an unfortunate run now, and 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 some of it's expected, some of it's acceptable because you play a team like the United States in a friendly as they're getting ready for the World Cup one of the best teams in the world. You play against Germany or Denmark and they are, you know, 
proven themselves to be top top teams. I think the disappointment was the Iceland game, where Iceland have only scored one goal in this campaign, and it was against Wales. You know they don't score goals. How how that happened is is so unfortunate. I appreciate going to Iceland. Reykjavik is is a tough place to go. So I think that's got to go in their favour now that the home advantage uh, for for Wales has got to make the difference. But we've got to be better at keeping Iceland's shots uh, to a minimum. I think we've got some really good defenders, really good goalkeeper, and that should be possible on this occasion. Uh, we're we're capable of scoring goals. That's the thing. We are. We've scored against Denmark. We've scored against Germany. We scored against Denmark twice, in fact. Um, so we we are better than Iceland in terms of scoring goals. So we usually score, and they usually can. You know, they they don't usually score. So that's that's where the, the sort of like the um, the balancing act is going to come from, from my point of view. Is can we keep them at a distance and do what we do well because some of our goals have been great they've not been um lucky or anything like that they've been well worth games so well worked goals during the games and so i do think wales has got all the potential uh to get the results uh use the home crowd and uh make a difference because i think that last game against denmark you know we came back into it um wales really had uh you know the potential to surprise Denmark in the end I think we were beginning to get our, ourselves into the game and we just need all our best players to turn up um, which is easier said than done because we've just had a very similar experience with the men's team and it's very easy to say uh, turn up um, but uh, we've seen how how easy it is not to turn up and so I think if anything if the, if the women can learn from the men's game then uh, I'm seeing uh, a positive result for Cymru against uh, against Iceland. Jamie, if Cymru lose to Iceland, do you think fans will question if Gemma Granger should stay as Cymru manager? Um, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. I think I don't think um, I don't think there's many fans who who won't acknowledge it's a tough challenge that that she has. Um, and that's not to be disrespectful to 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 the players that she's working with, but you know, I, I'm not I'm not sure that that I can see the fans kind of um, suggesting that there would need to be a change. Uh, I mean, how I mean, how long has she been in charge now? Three years, I think. I'd have to look it yeah. up. But probably about three years, maybe four. Uh, I mean, uh, it's it's one of them, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's you know, I think she she's potentially had had enough time to to to. Um, put her own stamp on things, you know, work with the players she wants to work with and instill her, you know, her tactical uh, wishes in, into them and everything else. So I get, you know, modern day football, isn't it? Doesn't matter what, what, um, you know, what, what gender it is or what, what, um, uh, you know, what, what competition or what level it is. You know, I think if you've, if you've had a manager that's been in the role for, for that period of time uh, uh, and has, has not achieved what, what they set out to achieve or what the powers that be want them to achieve. Questions will get asked, but uh, I, I'd be surprised if there was necessarily a big freak out and, and, a, and a change. Um, but you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, she's in her third year. She started in 2021, so it's her third year. So time for the salt, vinegar and sauce Koch. Daz, what's your prediction for Cymru women versus Iceland women? Like I said, I don't see Iceland scoring this time uh, I 
genuinely believe that Cumbria have got the potential to score. Um, and so I am going to predict Cymru 2, Iceland 0. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Cymru women versus Iceland women? Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say... 3-1 to Iceland. And I'm predicting Cymru 1, Iceland 1. Iceland are a tough side to beat and Cymru have struggled to put them to the sword. The pressure will be high to get a win and I think it'll be a bridge too far for Cymru. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, it's Britain Ferry Llan Sawel. Britain Ferry Clan Sowell are from just off the M4 in South Wales, next to Swansea near the coast. The club was formed in 2009 and the women's team was set up a little later. Playing in the South Wales Regional Leagues, they finished in the top three in 2014 and played their first season in the Welsh Women's Premier in 2016, but finished bottom and were relegated. They won promotion back to the Premier in 2018, finishing eighth. However, 2020, they were again relegated to the Adran South. They managed to win that league in 2023, facing a playoff with Wrexham to get promotion to the Adran Premier. Wrexham, of course, won that game 1-0, and Britain Ferry remained in the Adran South. This year, they are top of that league with five wins from five, a goal difference of plus 30 and 15 points. Wrexham and Britain Ferry Llansawel now meet in the last 16 of the Gennaro Adran Trophy, a cup competition for teams in the Gennaro Adran leagues only. The North and South Leagues play in groups of four, with the eight winners being drawn against the eight teams from the Gennaro Adran Premier. In the group stages, Britain Ferry beat Swansea University 4-0, Cumbran Celtic 10-0 and Cascade 3-0. From now on, the club is a knockout, with the winner decided on the day via penalties if necessary. And the chips are done. Daz, interesting one this. Wrexham had a real fight on their hands only six months ago to get past Britain Ferry, are you expecting a similarly close game? I think when the draw was made, we knew this one was going to be a really tough game. Uh, yes, uh, Lanzawa will have, have been bitterly disappointed not to have made it to the Premier to uh, to beat Wrexham on that occasion. It was only the one goal, uh, and it was it was it was great goal, great goal. But um, uh, I think Lanzawa probably felt that they were still in that game had it not been for that one moment of. Of uh, of brilliant wing play by Rosie, and then that you know that brilliant little sort of flicking flick goal shot past the, the goalkeeper, just getting in front of the front post. So great end to your season last year, but I think there's going to be an element of revenge for Sansao. Uh, Wrexham being at home, I think that's going to be your key uh, advantage. Last time it was a neutral ga- ground, so the game uh, will have a very different feel. Uh, but I don't think it'll be easy. Uh, they're flying high again at the top of the um, Adran, uh, the the south. Um, they are the team to beat along with Cascade. So I do think uh, they have maintained their form from last year. But as we've discussed many times, I think Wrexham's investment in new players, uh, the way they've set themselves up for this top flight has only gone from strength to strength. Uh, so you've got to give Rex some, you know, the 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 edge in this game, home advantage, that the continuity of maintaining, hopefully, some uh, first team players uh, stays in the squad for this game. I don't think it's going to be an an easy game, so we won't be playing any sort of fringe or 
reserve players at this stage. I think there's still a lot to be um, to be played for in that game. But you know, just looking across all the ties, really, um, uh, there's some really tough games coming up. Llandidno being at home against Swansea. Uh, Llandidno beat them last year. Um, 2022 yeah um and and so that was uh quite the victory for them and i think they're out for another scalp i would have thought again uh performing well in the Adra north that did know the high flyers along with connor's key nomads who um my attention is particularly drawn to because connor's key got a home draw against aberystwyth town um, so that's going to be a tough one. So no given, I don't think um, the, the the fact that they're in different divisions um, is going to make much of a difference here. I do think there's it's going to be a tight game between Tlendidno and Swansea, and I think a very tight game between Connors Key and Aberystwyth. Otherwise, I see all the uh, Prem teams making their way through. Um, I think just about Swansea University are also showing themselves to be a really decent side, so probably better watch out. But yeah, I think all in all, uh, Wrexham should have the edge, but they have probably got, apart from Llandidno uh, against Swansea, uh, in Llandidno, I think Wrexham versus Llandidno was probably the toughest draw of the round. Um, but I'm 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 going to give the edge to Wrexham on this game. Jamie, Wrexham about a week off and play an opponent they know really, really well. Will these factors help them, do you think? I think having the break, having a, having a week off, is it, probably not a bad thing. You know, I don't think the squad is. You know, we haven't got. We're we're not blessed with a massive squad, so I think. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of a lot of uh, players play a lot of minutes so far this season. Um, so so having a break is 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 beneficial. Um, knowing the opposition, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much of a of a, of a you know. I don't know how much of a factor that is because. You know, I think um, I think every game, every game is different, isn't it? You know, I don't, it doesn't matter how many times you've played the, whoever you're playing in, in your next game uh, in the past. You, you know, it only takes that one game for for you to to to, to have a poor game and them to absolutely, um, you, you know, uh, absolutely have a blinder or, or whatever. So, um, you know, I I would hope and I would expect and I think. They're going to go into this game, you know, with the same sort of positive, confident mindset that they that they go into most games with, um, and and then hopefully you know get a positive result. So time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce Koch. Daz, what's your score prediction for Wrexham women versus Britain Ferry Land Sowell women? So basing it on the fact that I think it's going to be a really tight game, but I do think there are goals to be scored. Uh, both teams are doing really well at the moment, so I am going for Wrexham two, Land Sowell one. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Wrexham women versus Britain Ferry Land Sowell women? I'm going to say two nil to Wrexham, and I'm predicting Wrexham two, Britain Ferry Land Sowell. Three. Britain Ferry are tearing up the leagues and cups at the moment and will be very hard to stop. Wrexham have struggled versus lower opposition and rode their luck versus Britain Ferry in the playoffs. I think this will be a very tough test for the Dragonesses. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer goes Yeovil Town. Yeovil Town are currently sitting at the top of the National League South two leagues below Wrexham, having played 19 games, won 13, drawn 3 and lost 3, a goal difference of plus 15 and 42 points. Wrexham started this year's FA Cup run on 16th of September, beating AFC Stoneham 7-1 at home, Didcot Town 2-0 at home, Southend United 2-0 at home to reach the first round proper. 
At home again in the first round proper, they beat Gateshead 3-2 to set up this second round tie with Wrexham. Wrexham and Yeovil have met seven times with Wrexham winning four, drawing one and losing two. The last meeting, the 3-0 win in the National League in April. Ex-Wrexham hero Jake Hyde will be welcomed back to the Kairas, having spent two years with Wrexham before moving to Yeovil, and Wrexham captain Ben Tozer made 26 appearances for Yeovil in 2015. The match will be on Sunday at 3.45pm, kicking off before the women's game versus Britain Ferry has completed, but will be live on ITV in the UK and ESPN in the States. Wrexham are 5-2 on to win, Yeovil are 7-1 to win, and 17-4 for the draw. And the chips are done. Jamie, this has got a big, huge, flashing neon sign saying banana skin written all over it. How careful will Wrexham need to be versus Yeovil Town? Don't pretend you know what a banana is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this this is really, really interesting, this game. Um, a, I'm gutted that I, I'm going to miss it. Um, I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to watch it, let alone not go to the game. So I'm, I'm gutted about that. Um, yeah, this... It's really interesting because I've I've heard a lot of people and a lot of fans almost looking past this as soon as the as soon as it was announced, almost looking past it oh, round three, who are we gonna get in round three? But to be fair, I have also seen and read and heard a lot of fans trying to sort of temper it and, and rein it in a little bit saying, Whoa, hang on a minute, you know, we can't just take this as a given. Now, you know, we have to I think we have to be respectful to Yeovil, but we also have to go at it like we would any other team coming to the race course. You know, we are formidable at home, as we mentioned before. I fully expect there to be a a, a as close to strong first eleven as as you could get, as if it was a league game. Um, you know, no doubt Yeovil would be up for it. Um, a because they are the underdogs in this game. B because it's Wrexham; they'll want to scalp. Um, C, because obviously we relegated them, um, uh, you know, which, which is, is, uh, which they'll, which, which they'll, which will, which obviously it wasn't just the game against us. It was a course of a season, but it was that final game against us, which, which actually sealed it. So there'll be a little bit of a sting there. You've obviously got the, the Jake Hyde element, which if he plays, cause I believe he missed last week's game cause he was injured. Um, and like you say, at the top of the league, they have been flying, but they have stalled a little bit in recent weeks. So I suspect, my gut feeling with this is, is I think it's going to go one of two ways. I think it's either going to be very tight and we'll go one way or the other, um, uh, you know, through through a very tight game, or we'll blow them away. That yeah, is what I think. It'll, be, it'll go one of two ways. Um I just hope for a win. You know, I just hope we, we, we win. I hope we beat them. I hope we, like I say, I hope we pay them the respect that they deserve, but I hope we take them to the sword and we, we, we can hopefully win comfortably and, and get into that third round, but it absolutely can't take it for granted. Well, Daz, as Jamie said, obviously with Yeovil being two leagues below Wrexham, some are already looking at the third round before this game has even kicked off. How dangerous is that? I think you should always be respectful of any team. Uh, regardless of which position, which league they're in. Uh, I think the results, however, have shown that, uh, of course, last season you beat them comfortably. Uh, that that um, 
their fortunes haven't gone quite the same way as yourselves in Wrexham. So Wrexham have been going up and Yeovil going down. Yes, there's now a couple of leagues between them, but they're top of the league. They're flying high. They're in a winning mood, winning mentality, but it is against the opposition that's in front of them. Thank you, Jamie. And so I do think that uh, it, the reality is, is that Wrexham is going to be way too uh, way too strong. They've improved their their Apart from the odd glitch here and there, as we've discussed, um, they are actually on quite a decent run. I think that also should match and, and counteract uh, Yeovil's decent run. And the fact that you're at home, uh, you love the cup, and uh, I can't see there being anything other than a Wrexham win for this game. But yes, it is dangerous to underestimate them, um, but I think you, you should have every confidence in, uh, in a win, at least. So time for the salt, vinegar and sauce Koch. Jamie? What's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Yeovil Town? Uh, okay, I um, as much as I think there may be the tight game element to it, I am going to be confident in the lads, confident in the fact we're at home, and confident in the fact we're going to get a good result. And I am therefore going to say a 3-0 Wrexham win. Daz, what's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Yeovil Town? So my score prediction uh, for the FA Cup is going to be uh, Wrexham 2, Yeovil Town 0. And I'm predicting Wrexham 2, Yeovil Town 1. This is difficult to call, and unless Wrexham are on their guard, they could come a cropper. But being at home helps, and I think Wrexham will have enough to put this to bed. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, it's Burton Albion. Burton Albion are a team from the Midlands formed in 1950. They are currently in EFL League One in 17th place, having played 19 games, 5 wins, 5 draws and 9 losses, a goal difference of minus 11 and 20 points. In the Bristol Street Motors Group stage, they beat Everton under-21s 2-0 at home, lost to Doncaster 2-1 away, and beat Mansfield Town 2-1 at home to come second in Northern Group H. Wrexham and Burton Albion have met twice, with Burton Albion winning both. Their last meeting was in 2009. Wrexham CEO Fleur Robinson has very close ties with Burton Albion. Her father, Ben, is the current chairman, and she left Burton to join Wrexham. Current Wrexham players Tom O'Connor, Rob Layton and Callum McFadseen have all played for Burton Albion in their careers. And Wrexham are currently 12-1 to to win the EFL Trophy in totality, where Burton Albion are 50-1. to And the chips are done. Jamie, this game is only 48 hours after the FA Cup game, as we mentioned. Will this have a bearing, do you think, on the starting 11 that Phil Parkinson picks? Hmm. I don't think... I don't think the timing of the game will have a bearing on the team he picks. I think the team he was going to pick for this game will be the team he's going to pick for this game, regardless of the fact that the Yeovil game is 48 hours before it. I think the, the 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 thing with this game was it was always going to be along the lines of what we've seen in, in, in this competition so far. So I would expect to see uh, youth players. I would expect to see... Uh, first team players who who can't get in the match day squads, I would expect to see um, some of or if not the three sort of key first team players who didn't make the league squad play. You know, al- although we are struggling a bit with with injuries at the minute, we've got more than enough 
uh, more than enough players in and around the squad to be able to field two completely different teams in those two games, and that's fu- that's fully what I expect. I I, I don't you know I, I don't envisage anyone that's involved against Yeovil on the Sunday being involved on on the Tuesday. Um, I, as, as much as I'd love us to, as much as I'd love us to 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 get to Wembley in in, in the uh, um, Bristol Street um, car supercar trophy um <laughs> i um as much as i'd love a trip to wembley you know if, if we bow at this stage we bow out and for me it's 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 the lowest of the priorities for me um but you know who who, who knows regardless of what team he puts out um you know who knows we don't i mean we don't know how burton are going to treat it you know they're they're I'm, I'm assuming they're playing on saturday i'm guessing they've got a game yes they have um so so you know they're they're only going to be 24 hours better than us so i can't see them necessarily playing a full strength side either so um it's a strange a strange game an interesting one it'll be an interesting one to watch again unfortunately i won't be able to bloody watch it um tell you what next week's gonna be a next week's gonna be fun isn't it we're gonna you're gonna ask me what the two games were like and i want to see neither of them i don't think um so yeah it's it's a tough it's a tough one to call because it's, it's hard to know what what we're going to see from both both teams but for for Wrexham for Wrexham's part i expect to see um, something along the lines of what we've seen in in the previous rounds and previous games in this competition. Uh, you know, fringe players, youth players, uh, and players that certainly are not involved on Sunday. Well, Daz, previously in this competition, as Jamie alluded to, Wrexham have mixed up the starting eleven to give some fringe players some game time. Do you think they're at the stage in the last thirty-two where they? should start playing what may be considered to be their strongest side? It's always going to be difficult predicting which starting 11 he's going to go with. Uh, yeah, he could play some fringe players. I think that's a good opportunity. Uh, but it just depends at what stage he considers this potential, you know, the, this particular competition important or potentially winnable. Because at this stage, you've got 32 teams. There's some noticeably strong teams in there. And, you know, even if you take the under-21s out, um, you know, the West Ham under-21s, Arsenal, even a noticeable uh, Liverpool under-21 that are in there. You know, if you take those teams out, there are still some decent sides in terms of um, Derby or Bolton or uh, it, Barnsley or Oxford. You know, they're all teams in the upper divisions which are potentially winnable but they're also you know let's be honest they are a division ahead as are Burton now um so it's really tricky what to sort of predict what kind of team he's going to put out because we just don't know where he places this priority um feels like it might be uh win you know whether or not they think it's winnable or, or achievable to get to that 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 final um it's it's a great day out um, so there may be some importance to it. Maybe feel that they can do more in that than they can in the FA Cup, for example. Um, so I don't know. The um, the uh, the uh, the strongest side at the moment also uh, should be better now. You've got some of your international players back. I think injuries uh, and formation and stuff. I think you've you've had your glitches, but generally you know who your strongest team is. So I would imagine a reasonably strong side uh, because uh, I, as I say, I, again, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big advocate and believer in winning teams wanting to stay winning. You don't want to sort of mess up that momentum. Uh, and uh, I think Wrexham is a team which thrives on that momentum. So um, home advantage as well. Uh, your crowd's going to want to see a performance, um, and uh, and I think you'll probably get one. So yeah, uh, I think that, I think 
I think they'll be a decent side. Jamie, Burton Albion are low on form at the moment, but they are still a League One side. Do you reckon they have a good chance of upsetting what should be a higher league side win? Uh, I look, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't, Alan Hansen, this one and give you a, 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 a I, you don't I win with kids. You, a, you don't win with kids. I, I can't give you an educated, uh, I can't give you an educated uh, t- tactical review and prediction on this one. I haven't got a bloody clue. I'll be honest. Um, I, I don't, I don't know a great deal about Burton to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I like I say I would expect them to to their to their team to be much changed from their their main eleven, as will our team. Um, I, it's it's one of them, isn't it? It's a free hit. I'm looking at it as a complete free hit. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for 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 the players, whoever we put out there. It's a good opportunity for them to prove a point that they should be knocking on the door of the first team or maybe even some of them maybe even put themselves in a the shop window. January transfer windows coming up. You know, there may be players that that think, do you know what? If I can put on a performance here, I might either be able to work my work my way into the to to Parky's thinking as we get into January, or maybe I can catch the eye of somebody, um, you know, and get a move away so I can start getting regular football, etc., etc. So, whichever way, it's it's a free hit. Um, it's a free hit for me. So, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce. Koch, Jamie, what's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Burton Albion? Oh, absolutely. No clue. I'm gonna say. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say, two-two draw. Wrexham to win on penalty. Daz, what's your score prediction for Wrexham versus Burton Albion? So my prediction, even with all the family connections to Burton Albion, uh, I think that their recent run hasn't been good, and I think that will play into Wrexham's favour, especially as a home game. So I'm going to predict uh, Wrexham 2, Burton Albion 1. And I'm predicting Wrexham 3, Burton Albion 2. I'm actually more confident of this prediction compared to the FA Cup game. Again, Wrexham at home helps a lot and will ride on the side parky picks. But with so many injuries and a short turnaround time, we could get found out quite easily if we're not careful. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And last into the fryer go the Germany national women's team. The last of the Nations League qualifiers come to meet Germany for the second time, this time at the Swansea.com stadium. Germany beat Cymru 5-1 in the first fixture and since then Germany have beat Iceland 2-0 away. They played Denmark four days before meeting Cymru and Germany currently sits second in the group on nine points, three points behind leaders Denmark, although they could be top by the time they play in the Cymru game. And the chips are done. Daz, we saw Germany give Cymru a real test at the away game. With the potential of staying in League A, can Cymru take anything at all from this game, do you think? This is going to be a real test, yeah. It's uh, it's tricky, um, without seeing how that first game against Iceland goes. But but the, on the flip side of that, I would have liked to be good to know how Germany have played against Denmark by this stage, because there's a real chance that Germany can still win the group if they get a decent result against Denmark, like a win, for example, then then the result against us uh, is going to matter. It could be the difference between, between them reaching the Nations League finals or 
just staying in uh, in the group in the middle of the group as safe as uh, you know um, whereas Iceland and Wales are playing for avoiding relegation or at least uh, getting it to the relegation playoff um, so it's really tricky because it could be all to be played for by Germany as well um, I am probably expecting a Denmark win against Germany so that would hopefully mean that there's nothing for Germany to play for in this game. Uh, that said, they're not going to come and have a, a day out in Cardiff. In fact, it's not Cardiff, it's Swansea. So uh, uh, a very different day out uh, for them as well. Uh, so I would imagine that there'll be a tough side, but it won't be all or nothing for them, which uh, is different to Wales' predicament. Um, I don't see anything but a Denmark win against Iceland at the same time. Uh, so that should go in our favour. So I think if we've got the result that we wanted against uh, Iceland uh, first, then that will put us in uh, a good position because we will be on equal points with Iceland. Um, it just means that we need um, some goals, ideally, um, but a draw would be enough. Uh, and I'm hopeful of that draw because I definitely don't think uh, Iceland will get a result against Denmark. Yeah, so it's going to be tough, but I think I think we can just about do it. But again... Uh, we've said similar things about the men's game and uh, haven't been quite as accurate recently as I'd like to be. Jamie, Cymru are pretty much playing for pride now with chances of relegation looking likely. How important is the performance rather than the result? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, the last thing the last thing you want is 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 a is a is a significant defeat, isn't it? I mean, like you say, the result is probably a little bit irrelevant, uh, and the performance is 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 important. Um, I think just just to try and um, just to try and get a little bit of, I say pride's not the right word, but just to try and get a little bit of of, of confidence back in the tank by by putting in a good performance against a, a very strong opposition. Um, you, you know, I think you're right. I think the performance is is more important than. Uh, than the results. However, um, you know the last thing you want is 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 a is a is a, a big defeat because that's you know that's going to have the opposite effect. But yeah, it's a tough, tough, tough game. So time for the salt vinegar and sauce Koch. Daz, what's your score prediction for Cumbria women versus Germany women? So based on all my random logic that I just shared, uh, I am actually going to go for Cumbria women one, Germany women one. I think they can do it uh it still just comes down to that game against iceland for us and the game against denmark for germany will set this game up very differently depending on those results but i'm hopeful and i'm going for a 1-1 jamie what's your score prediction for cymru women versus germany women uh i'm gonna say 3-1 to the germans and i'm predicting Cymru women nil, Germany women three. I can't see us getting past one of the best football teams in the world, to be fair. Hopefully we'll play well, but I feel we're just not ready for this league yet. And we'll be relegated to League B. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And we'll be reviewing all these games in next week's pod.
And so, like COP28, we've made our under-the-table dealings, and it's time to take the next fuel-guzzling plane out of here. You've been listening to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast for one of the greatest Welsh football supporters' flags in the universe. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at TweetMoreChips, threads, search Eat More Chips podcast, or drop us an email, eatmorechipspodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips podcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so. And if you have anything particular you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to drop us a line. Two men trying to save the planet single-handedly by not washing and turning their underpants inside out to double the wear time are my two swampy eco-warriors. So, it's goodbye to Daz, wherever he may be. I've no idea where I am either, so no change there. Uh, Yeah, sorry not to be there, guys, but uh, hopefully return to norm uh, as of next week. Bye for now. And it's goodbye, Jamie. Thanks, mate. I'm literally just about to get on two long-haul flights, so I'm the least eco-friendly person in the world. Going commando and carefully zipping up my fly, I'm Welsh Techie, and until we meet again, come on Cymru and come on the town.